0: The Final Hooter with Adrian Jackson and David Parkinson. Well, we're back once again, socially distanced. Adrian is over on the other end of his telephone line, somewhere in deepest, darkest witness.
1: Isn't that dark and deep in witness, you know?
0: It's cloudy. It's got it's to be cloudy. A, it, it's, it's overcast, quite, isn't
1: it? It's quite picturesque where I am at the moment. I'm on location, as you know. I, I'm doing the tour of cafes. Okay. So, so I thought I'd come to the banks of the River Mersey. Uh, I'm over, overlooking the town I used to play, rugby league, actually. Which one's that? Runcorn. You remember Runcorn playing rugby league?
0: Runcorn Highfield.
1: Exactly. That's where I am at the moment. Very picturesque. So take away the dark and... Deepest witness bit. Okay.
0: Okay. He's 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 look, he's, he's overlooking He's overlooking, <laughs> deepest, darkest run <laughs> Yeah, you can say, Well,
1: they're not kind of beautiful game anymore, so
0: yeah. You can say that. <laughs> I had a couple of decent visits down there over the years when uh, Canal Street was was once upon a time standing.
1: Listen, I've told you many times, back in the day, Canal Street was more famous for the meat pies.
0: Oh, yeah, you've told me about their meat pies. I never tasted any, to be honest. Oh,
1: beautiful, beautiful meat pies. As any rugby league fans <laughs> who went to a game to watch Adam Highfield, or even went to watch the round ball game. Best meat pies in, in sport by a mile.
0: Anyway, last time out, Adrian, you was yeah. so, you were star spotting. You was having a chat with uh, Anthony Mullally, wasn't you? Have you seen anybody today? I've
1: seen the same cafe. I've not seen anyone down here overlooking with he's played with the league in, in, in Um Yeah, but I've been sat, been back at that cafe uh, recently and there was a couple of witness players sat there. Yeah, one of them's a the player because Tom Gilmore was
0: amongst the gang as well. Tom Gilmore? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Off to Ottawa, of course, at the end of the year.
1: Just shows you how strange it is, isn't it? Tom Gilmore, obviously on furlough, Having left witness to go to Halifax, then ends up um, getting picked up by Osprey for next season, but then ends up playing for Salford. Weird.
0: Yeah, there's a couple like that, isn't there? Is it? Yeah. Oli Ashall Bot as well. He's in that same position, isn't he? Where he's uh, he was over at London Broncos, obviously came through that system at Widnes, and then uh, you know he's been snapped up by Salford till the end of the year as well.
1: Anyhow, we've finally been able to give out a trophy this year, haven't we?
0: We have, we have, but. Before we end up waffling and doing what we normally do, I'm Dave Parkinson. As I mentioned, that's Adrian Jackson out there in the wilds. And you're listening to the Love, rugby League.com podcast, the final hooter. Um, right. So, yes, we have got a trophy to talk about. We've got two, to be honest, haven't we? Because the Australians have just dissed out their trophy as well.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Melbourne Storm doing it again.
0: Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, they've got a right decent record, haven't they? I think that's the tenth Grand Final that they've played in in something like twenty two years.
1: Listen, when you got uh, Cameron Smith directing the team round, there's a class act, didn't he? So everyone buzzes off his work
0: rate. I think he's an amazing player. Yeah, he is. He's just got everything, hasn't he? He's just he's a, so calm.
1: He's a, a modern-day legend, man.
0: Definitely, definitely. Someone sent me a message before saying that yeah. he's the best grub in the world. And I think that's a bit What's unfair. What mean? Well, maybe they don't like the way that he tries to influence them. I think he's the most influential player that there is in the world today.
1: Fantastic player. I mean, I've been very fortunate enough to interview him when he's been over there with the Aussies. He's very down to earth. He just says, as it is, doesn't he? He just gets on with it. Yeah. Nothing controversial barring because he's talking on the pitch and that's what I like.
0: Exactly, exactly. And he had a you had a stormer today. He kicked uh, kicked something like four or five goals, scored a try as well. Um as uh, as Melbourne won it 26-20. A little bit closer than this, than I suppose a lot of people were suggesting, especially as Melbourne were leading 22-0 at half time.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't actually see the game because I've been on my travels. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when I saw the scoreline, 22-0 because you know, they checked up with the, with the power of the internet to see what was going on in Australia. you think thinking, a Penrith turned up? But they did manage to make a bit of a game of it.
0: Yeah, I thought definitely in the first half, I mean, it was all about the Melbourne defence. They, they basically scored those points off the back of some tremendous defence. You know, a couple of mm. mistakes crept in. Perhaps some characteristic from a side that has been on a run of 17 wins in succession. Um, but then in the second half, they really came back, did Penrith. But I suppose the damage was already done, and it proved too much of a too much of a, a a sort of like gap really for them to bridge. Although it did get rather interesting at the end, as um, uh, as Penrith scored three tries in the last eleven minutes.
1: Oh, so Penrith made a game of it just coming up short, and Melbourne and get themselves uh, another Australian Grand Final trophy in the cabinet, and and. Some of the guys who probably won for first Grand Fans have got another winner's ring to go with the collection.
0: Well, I know you mentioned Cameron Smith, but I mean, there's a couple of other lads that are starting to make their way through. So you've got Ryan Papernowes in the fullback, who he is literally like the proverbial off a shovel. He is so quick, scored a try from 80 metres, picked up the Man of the Match award. He's certainly one to, to look out for in the New South Wales side over the uh, State of Origin. And uh, they also had Vooney as well, who's off to Super Rugby, he's off to the dark side. After this game. Oh, right, okay. So he was farewelling the game in Australia. And this was quite interesting actually because I was watching some of the build up and they, they actually did like the farewelling of players like they always do as if like p- people retire him. And they all mentioned right. none other than Joel Thompson. Now Joel isn't retiring, he signed for St Helens next season, but they were putting him in that same bracket of having it's retired.
1: Probably in their attitude Super League, you retiring anyway.
0: So I thought that was a little bit disrespectful, if I'm being honest, you know, and whilst I want to praise the Australian game, and I think it's nice that they do that type of thing, if you've actually got players that are still going to be playing on the other side of the world, they've not retired, they might end up back in the NRL if it doesn't go right.
1: Yeah, that's the problem, is they don't rate our game, do they? So that's always been the case over there, they don't rate Super League, so in their eyes, he is retiring. He's from top flight
0: rugby. It's <laughs> gutting, that isn't it? You know, because Saints think yeah. they picked up a good second row there, and by all accounts, he is. He's had a good ten-year career over in the NRL, and yeah. you know, he's he's coming to St. Helens for next year at the age of thirty, uh, looking to make a make a name for himself over here. So yeah, but um, interesting, interesting that, yeah. Um, but yes, we've we've had a trophy dished out here as well, haven't we?
1: Yeah, the difference is though, they had fans in it at their game whereas we had a uh, Wembley looking very splendid with no fans in it. Ah
0: yeah, yeah. They had forty thousand in apparently and they weren't making a right racket. Uh, even though I think half of them got wet, they were all wearing ponchos.
1: Oh that like, was a very wet industrial in your Australian Grand Final. A bit like Grand Final Night in Manchester, but this year it's gonna be in home.
0: Well, to be fair, to be fair, that's what that's what I kept thinking. I kept thinking, they're actually playing it and it feels more like because of the number of mistakes and the fact that it got a little bit scrappy like uh, a grand final at Old Trafford. It actually did feel that way.
1: Mm, but before we talk about all oh, Rose Leeds at the, at the end of November, let's talk about the Chance Cup final, shall we? What a game that was. Because uh, there was no fans there to witness it in the stadium, but plenty watching it on TV at home.
0: I thought this was the best final in a good number of years, to be honest, Adrian. I don't course, know about it. you. Um,
1: yeah, I thought it was.
0: You know, both sides being very close to each other as well, weren't they? I mean, Briscoe opens the scoring after 12 minutes. And then uh what Williams equalises and I tell you what, had there been fans in, they would have been raising the roof, wouldn't they and went what, ninety metres, didn't it? It's a good
1: try because everyone's raving on about it. the best try score at Wembley. I don't think it's the best one. It's probably been the best one of the modern cup finals, but it's not been the best try at Wembley. You can it, it... it's certainly up there. I'm not taking anything away from the F. It was a well taken try, wasn't it? But I think a few pundits are getting a bit overexcited by saying it's one of the best tries I've ever seen at Wembley.
0: You'd go back to a Fires against Leeds, wouldn't you, which always seems to get erred. And that was oh, a fantastic try.
1: Joe Arden's effort, Stuart Wright's effort in 82. You, know, you can go away, you can carry on, can't you? Uh, plenty of great efforts, but yeah. it's a well-taken try by Rhys Williams, unfortunately Salford and um, we're undone with the final drop kick of the game by Luke Gale to win the match.
0: I suppose that's why they're paying him the big bucks and why he's gone there. They needed somebody to guide the ship, and he certainly did. He settled it down, didn't he? Even though, to be honest, Salford did get that opportunity right at the end, and Inn, who had a, a pretty good game otherwise. He kind of lost his head a little bit, didn't he?
1: He did, he did, but that's the, that's the game, isn't it? And that's where you win and lose matches. And unfortunately, that was the case for Christian Inu and the sofa Red Devil. was a great effort for me and Watson's men, but unfortunately, coming up short against the more experienced Leeds Rhinos team.
0: Quick word about uh, Handley, because I mean, he, Ash Handley's really turned into a player, hasn't he, for Leeds over these last couple of years?
1: Yeah, he's been a bit of a nomadic figure at Headley, hasn't he? He's found his first team games limited. To having to go out on loan at Featherstone, you're thinking, is it the end of the road for him? And then he gets another opportunity, um, and then it seems to end up again back on loan at Featherstone. You're thinking, is this guy actually going to make a career for himself at Leeds right? I was in, in 2020, David? It looks like he's took his chance and it's paying it's paying dividends
0: for him. Yeah, I mean, like he, he had a really good season last year, so I think he's been rewarded, hasn't he, for a good 18-month consistency. Like you said, he was a bit to in and fro earlier on in his career, but I'm really glad because I remember seeing him probably about five or six years ago now playing for England Academy and I thought, yeah. oh, there's a right, proper player here. Strangely enough, he was in that same Academy side as Ash Golding when they played against an Australian side, which uh, featured uh, a certain lateral Mitchell.
1: And uh, the big talking point ahead of the the Trans uh, court final was who's going to play fullback for the East Rand. know. is he going to be Jack Walker? Had Jack Walker done enough coming back from injury, or were they going to persevere with Richie Mauer at fullback? And um, Richie Daygad decided to go with the experience of Richie Mauer and Richie and came up chumped with the man of the match award.
0: Yeah, I thought he was tremendous in that game, to be honest. Um, You know, he returned everything with Gusto, didn't he? He linked things up. And I think he's got a new lease of life, to be honest, at fullback.
1: He Surprise me. Because when he was half-back at Warrens, I've seen a lot of him covering Warrington games, and he couldn't couldn't tackle a toffee apple. Um, But all of a sudden, he looks quite reassuring at fullback, doesn't he?
0: And it's funny, just that little change in position. I mean, I've heard, you know, other people in the media saying that, he's always ran more like a full-back and he's always been renowned for his support play, which as a fullback, yeah. that's what you kind of do, isn't it? You're expected to support the sweep moves and to, to get little passes out. And, you know, we, we, we've seen it over recent years whereby, you know, a lot of ex halfbacks end up at fullback, back and, and Richie Mile is just the latest in a, a, a growing list, shall we say. But yeah, I'm delighted for him, to be honest, because up until about six months ago, he was all set to go to Toronto, wasn't he? I bet he's uh, thinking, yeah. thank goodness I didn't go there.
1: That's another strange story again, isn't it? It looked like he was on the way out. His his career was finished at Leeds Rhinos and on to Pastors Newt. And then all of a sudden, he goes belly up at Toronto. He ends up back at Leeds Rhinos. He's been given a new diesel life. and He's back in the fall with a new two-year contract.
0: I do think, though, that Jack Walker was a little bit unlucky because he was starting to show some real form since coming back from injury. And uh, I think he's got his best years ahead of him, though. And uh, as we know with Richie Myler, he sat out Wembley finals, hasn't he? So, you know, maybe we'll see, you know, something else from Jack Walker over this next couple of years. I
1: was going to say if Leeds Rhinos make it to the grand final, it might get a, a position at back in the grand final. I just thought the, the quarter final was a bit too early for them. But as if Leeds Rhinos, they just, even though they've won the Challenge Cup party and they've been playing a lot of youngsters against you know really good top four teams like they did last time out against St. Helens, it looks like the top four ups are going up in smoke. Unless I'm misreading how this win percentage thing rules, because I can't work it out. For me, when I look at the table, top four looks done and dusted, but then all of a sudden you lose a game, and the team outside the top four wins and they're back in. So how, how does it work? Because for me, leeds Rhinos look like they're not going to make the top
0: four. Well, the great unknown in all of this is obviously Catalan Dragons, isn't it? Because over the last uh, sort of week and week and a bit, they've been hit with COVID once more, and they? there's extra restrictions over there in France. Yeah. Uh, they've had to call off the next couple of, or the last couple of games. So, Wellington's of, off, Wigan's off. Oh,
1: Wigan was called off, sorry, wasn't it? Is was it Wigan? All of
0: a sudden, all of a sudden, it's kind of like looking like they might be struggling to get the fifteen game marking because you've got to get fifteen games in oh, exactly. to qualify for the top four. So right. you know, who who knows, you know, Leeds might end up getting in by default. Um, you know, if, if Catalans can't get up to that fifteen game mark. I mean, at the moment I'm looking at the table, they played twelve games, they've won eight and lost four of them. Um yeah. Leeds Rhinos have played fourteen games now. Uh, won eight and lost six of them so there is a little bit of give and take in that whole percentage basis but uh, again the great unknown is how many games Catalans are going to be able to fit in and, and as we know because Leeds have, have won that Challenge Cup they've got a lot of games themselves to squeeze into a quite a short space of time now haven't they?
1: Yeah, but like you say, you're on know about the, the, the one that lost six mil. but the, the 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 big one everyone should be worried about is the the, the final percentage. Eh? If I remember correctly, I did look at this this morning, I haven't got it in front of me, but I think Leeds are on some like fifty seven point something percent. That's haven't? right.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: Wellington and Cathan's locked on sixty six.
0: That's right. You've got...
1: So 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 for argument's sake, right, for argument's sake, um Warrington and Cathans is off, we know that. Leeds win. Task for the seems to kind of buy a win at the moment. Um, so would would that win put Leeds back in the top four?
0: Um not straight away it wouldn't do. No. no? I don't okay. think it would be worth uh, that that. But having said that, if they can then go on a bit of a winning run, um, you know, then then they, they can they can still get that spot there's still a, an outside chance believe it or not for hull <laughs> i think really? if i think if they win you know they <laughs> i think if they win there are three remaining games and there's something happens with the the top teams then you know right. they could still just about sneak in there but i think it is a forlorn hope in all honesty but as i say for me it's all about catalans and whether they'll be able to actually uh, to actually play the number of games that they need to because who knows what's going to happen with france
1: I said the Leeds are playing Castleford next. I think that's wrong, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, they are playing Castleford next.
1: All right, okay. So again, Daniel Powell's men just seem to really not, it's not, not happening for the I minute mean, it's coming back into action, is it? See,
0: you say this, but they actually beat Hull Kingston Rovers at the weekend. They uh, did. You know, did. so, and I mean, that was a, a bit of a bit of a scrappy game, wasn't it?
1: I think he's going to get the wooden spoon. I mean, okay, I All Keanu Waits go head-to-head as we're talking about this right now. Um, he's going to get the wooden spoon for the first time in Super League uh, since he reintroduced uh, relegation and promotion. I've, I've got to I mean, He got it last time, the last time to get it was Huddersfield, wasn't it?
0: Huddersfield, yeah, the they never got, got relegated. Yeah, they
1: never... so it's going to be He's up fit for... for this year
0: <laughs> well it is between those two sides I think uh, But
1: yeah. I think the one we were going to do West Wales last year we'll post it to whoever gets it, <laughs> whoever gets it in Super League I think
0: have you still got that in the top draw somewhere at it's home, still in
1: me? the top draw yes ready to go <laughs> right away Wakefield or Hawkinson Rovers
0: see but you say that and they beat Huddersfield um, just a couple of days ago didn't they so the, they did. the results are right up and down at the moment I've got to admit
1: I know Luke Robinson stood in as a temporary coach and he may be fancy stepping up to being the head coach, but is Luke Robinson the man to take that, to take that job on?
0: You see, if we'd had this conversation two weeks ago, I would be saying yes, definitely. Um, but, you know, he's now got a record of three wins, three losses. Um, you yeah. know, so he, he clocked up all the wins initially. Is that the honeymoon period? Yeah,
1: he's <laughs> had the spike in performances.
0: And, and now. I,
1: I just think he's not got the experience for it at the moment. I really don't.
0: Who do we think could be in for that one, then?
1: Oh, there's all kinds of names knocking around, isn't there? You know, there's three jobs up for grabs in the world of Rugby League and uh, no one knows who's going where. I mean, Sean to to highly tipped to go in Hull, for example. You've got Danny Ory stepping away from Castford, Is he heading for witness? Or is he, going to, is, he or is he fancying the field job?
0: And I've also heard as well that Leeds are after another assistant coach. So, you all know, right, okay. is somebody going to go there, for example?
1: Who knows? So the, the, the job's up for grabs and there's plenty of people interested, but we don't know where they're going. Everyone's keeping the cards close to the checks, aren't they? I'll
0: tell you one place we do know where we're going. Where's that? This is the road to Hull. hole.
1: Like it. This is a nice drive to hole, you should know that.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it's a place where you have ended up quite a lot, to be honest, isn't it, mate? I have, yeah,
1: yeah. I've got a season ticket for the, <laughs> up to the KC KCom, is it called now, and the um, and what's the and Rovers ground called? Which one's which? You've got the KCom, which is Hull FC, isn't
0: it? Yeah, and then I think it's I think I think they're both known as the KCom, aren't they? Uh, Somewhere along okay. the lines, yeah. But we're right, okay. we're yeah. we're at the Hull FC stadium, aren't we, for the grand yeah. final? The grand final.
1: It's going to
0: be strange not being at Old Trafford, but, yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? I suppose needs must at the moment. and and, I mean, for for me, if you can't let fans in, you might as well go and play at Thato Heath or go and play on that that ground near you at West Bank.
1: you could have gone and played at Twist Lane in <laughs> the you know what
0: I mean? Oh, I wouldn't have minded that. Although, to be honest, I actually got to see some live rugby as well. I was stoked. So, you know, yesterday I was actually... Live rugby? Live actual rugby. League. Actual oh, okay. live rugby league. So they had uh, socially Who's distanced, behind-closed-doors matches in Wigan. So oh, there was okay. two games that took place. There was uh, Wigan St. Pat's against... Oral St James, and I was at the other one, which was based over at Wigan St Cuthberts, and that saw Spring View against uh, Wigan Bulldogs. Um, All right, some
1: local derbies. Who got the bragging rights?
0: Local derbies. So uh, St Pat's won in the the game against Oral St James. And, uh, you know, the the Bulldogs were unfortunately defeated by the fellas from Springview. But I tell you what, it was just great to actually see live rugby league and get the chance to to do a bit of work on it for a change, you know, because for so long... We've been moaning, or certainly I've been moaning about the game. So it was nice to actually get doing something that was a bit constructive. And um, it it was good how the Rugby League had it sorted out, actually, because everybody, when they turned up at the ground, they had to have the temperature taken. We had to answer a questionnaire before turning up, similar to what media have been doing. Um, And obviously, if you had any symptoms of COVID or anything like that, then you was meant to alert people and you weren't meant to turn up. Um, Unfortunately, it meant that neither ground had uh, changing facilities. So players had to turn up in the cars, virtually ready to go with uh, a change of clothing in bags, which they then changed into outside.
1: Can imagine Chris Hill wanting to do that?
0: <laughs> I can't imagine I anyone.
1: Chris, I, I, I'm not just pointing you about Chris, because uh, you do moan a lot. But yes, can you imagine? Can you imagine Chris Hill doing that? I, I can't.
0: Couldn't. I can't imagine anyone from Super <laughs> League doing that, to be honest. But I, I, it, it was brilliant, you know. So everybody turned yeah. up at the ground for like twenty past two. Uh, the game got underway at three o'clock. Uh, referee and two touch judges and everything. And it was just it was just a real good positive experience despite the heavens opening.
1: Uh, <laughs> Big question, was there any speckies allowed in watch, to watch it? Uh,
0: no, there wasn't, unfortunately. No, no
1: speckies? No speckies. Hey,
0: Basically, both teams had to name squads of 25, which included 17 players, coaching staff, and maybe, uh, a, you know, sort of like a committee <laughs> member or two.
1: And that was it. How much longer can we carry on with no, no stress at the games. So, I mean, it's bad enough uh, the pros not being able to do it. Surely you could have been allowed to let a couple of hundred social distancing fans stood on a field in
0: Wigan. Well, I mean, certainly, and I think you raise a really good point, especially when you see teams like Schemmersdale United and FC United lower down in the football 100. pyramid. Get, they're allowed up to 200 or 300, aren't they? they can, they're allowed up to 600, you know. So, right. okay. you know, you can you can easily, as, as you say, socially distance 200 people around a uh, ground, can't you? Uh, around an yes. amateur ground without yeah. doubt so uh, I'm hoping that you know as part of all this this is uh, the information that's going to be fed back but um, from a personal point of view I was just so pleased to be involved in rugby league again so uh, I, and I, I never want to take it for granted ever again
1: Right I know there's still a lot of rugby league to be played uh, but what do you think is going to be at home then on November the 27th on a Friday night?
0: Gotta say, that's weird.
1: Friday will be for the grand final instead of Saturday.
0: I know, I know. That,
1: that's that's bugging me. Saturday night grand final night off, hasn't
0: it? Who's agreed that? Is this because Elston can't get the Saturday off? Is that why? Is that what it is? I don't is know. What it is? I have no idea. Or is it because you know Sky is showing the Tiddlywinks Championship or something?
1: Oh, yeah, probably are.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll probably be relegated to uh, Sky Sports Arena anyway, or Sky well, Sports Mix.
1: Well, I'm going to say Wigan and Saints.
0: I can't really see past either of those teams, to be honest. They're both, they both, the both seem to be that bit stronger, don't they? Um, Wigan were very good against Salford, um, and and Saint Talents have just been imperious, haven't they, for much of the year.
1: Uh... Big question about Wigan then. Bevan French is he staying or is he going back home?
0: You know what? He's he's stayed a little bit tight lipped about it, isn't he? I know they I tried. I know they tried asking him, didn't they? And but um, yeah, the the, the rumours are that he's a bit homesick, and um, uh, the 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 other rumour is that they're signing another lad from uh, from Parramatta. So is it going to be a bit of a swap deal where he goes back to Parramatta, Bevan French? But I tell you oh, what. Right, okay. Whilst we have got him over here, what a class yeah. act he is. You know, he's he's so he's good so balanced.
1: Mm. Big loss for Wigan if he does decide to cut you stay short, but hey, it is what it is, isn't it? That's the risk you take with overseas players, they'll enjoy it for the season or two. And you think, you know what, I want to go back home now.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree. And, 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 And like you say, there only tends to be sort of Kiwi players who end up stopping longer than, say, like two or three years, isn't there, in general?
1: I like the fact that some Kiwi players stay past the playing days as well. I mean, Graham West still lives in Wigan as a taxi driver, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he retired God knows how many years ago.
0: And there were all those lads up at Whitehaven, weren't they, who really became part of the local community? I'm thinking lads yeah. like David Fatia Loafer. Um, he still lives up there. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, tr- tremendous, and there's a couple I think of others. Swan
1: still in the country, isn't he? Or has he gone back?
0: No, no, Willie's back in back in New Zealand. Oh. His dad was having a chat with him on Facebook the other day, oh, no, um, right, right. and he's he's well settled again back in New Zealand. But oh, what well, okay. what a servant he was to British Rugby League, to be honest.
1: Mm. Like, you say, like you say, the New Zealand guys seem to stay a lot longer than the Aussie guys.
0: Got to say though that um, uh, over at Castleford. He's not doing so bad, is he? Grant Millington, I mean, he's just signed on another contract for, for, for Castleford and that'll take him to a 10th season over here in the UK.
1: Wow. That's unusual for Australian players, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. Just shows that they've got some value for money out of him, haven't they?
1: They've had like, good value for money out of Grant Millington, but um, they had good value for money out of Darrell Powell, haven't they? Now? But everyone's uh, he's getting to the point where Anderson. Has he been in the job too long? Seven years? One time in modern day rugby league, isn't it? Coach one team.
0: It's a huge amount of time, to be honest. And I remember having a chat with a, a an amateur coach, actually, who said that if you he, if stop stopping any longer than about three or four years in a job, you get fed up of saying the same things. Is he starting to lose his effectiveness? Is it just the fact that Castleford are just on a terrible run? I know that they've had a number of injuries and things haven't yeah. really gone right for them, have they? Or, or is, are his words not really getting through anymore? Yeah.
1: It would be interesting to have a, a chat with someone on the inside to, get, to see what actually is going on there. But, you know, you could be right, party I mean, I've been in the job seven years. Uh, people now just all. it. Right we know what he's going to say, we know what he's going to do. Has he gone a bit stale? You, you wouldn't know, would you really?
0: Not really, not really without not actually on the inside. being being part of the bubble really and being yeah. uh, being part of the Castleford fabric. But, um, you know, for, for, for me, I mean, I think that Daryl Powell is a super coach. I think he, he's done tremendous work there. Um, I, but, you know, is it time for him to move on?
1: I mean, uh, the last coach where it was mentioned he'd been in the job too long was Tony Smith. I mean, he did nine, eight, nine years at Warrington and it happened with Tony. So it's the same thing happening with Daryl, what happened with Tony at Warrington.
0: Yeah, and you kind of look at Tony's last year at Warrington and that wasn't really successful, was it? There was a lot of games yeah. lost at the time, which, you know, arguably that squad should have won and they didn't do particularly well and he just seemed to lose his zest and lose his, life. well, you know, lose his, his sort of like get up and Go really? You did. It. So it'd
1: be interesting to see what happens with Darrell Powell and what happens with Castle. To be
0: honest, mm, mm. tell you what, tell you what. I I just wonder what else there is, you know, because there's got there's always another story around the bend, isn't there? In in rugby league, there is. You know, because we, we had all that with uh, Chris Chester as well and someone on the inside there apparently spilling the beans and saying, oh, he's not well at Wakefield. And, uh, you know, he, he looked like a man under pressure at the, uh, after the match, even though he'd he, won. He,
1: he wasn't happy at St. Helens, was he?
0: Definitely not. Definitely not. No, he
1: wasn't happy. He was questioning, I mean, what game was it where he's was questioning um, players' attitude and and and, and ability.
0: I mean, that that was two weeks ago, that, I think, you yeah. know, when he was when yeah. he was saying that. And you, you, you're sort of thinking, oh, is the big changes afoot there?
1: You, you could imagine the next training session book up or clear off.
0: <laughs> and, well, let's hope that they booked up. And, and they obviously did because they managed to get that win, didn't they? But, um, yeah, yeah they, they've been very, very inconsistent of Wakefield. And it's a well, shame uh, they've got some decent they... players, though.
1: He leads the whole Kingston Rovers today, and like you said, we're recording this, it sounds like that game's taking place, so he's back under the, the the pressure spotlight again, isn't he?
0: Definitely, definitely. I'll tell you what, though, I could get used to recording on a Sunday, mate.
1: Sunday, Sunday afternoon recordings is the new norm, man.
0: <laughs> Hope that you're enjoying listening to it as well. On, I'm,
1: uh... I'm just amazed we've got a Super League game taking place on Sunday. Because you know, I, I made a comment a few podcasts ago off the com that uh, Super League players must have a clause in the contract that says they can't play on a Sunday.
0: We've now seen a couple, haven't we? Because there was one yeah. the other week as well at Hull.
1: Yeah, you must have listened to it and thought, you know what, we'll shut that agent Jack. No, We will show in that there isn't a clause... Yeah, we'll contract saying we'll play on a Sunday.
0: Are you confident you've got that much influence in the world of rugby yeah. league, mate? Right? Yeah.
1: No. No, not really.
0: I'll tell you what, you've, you've obviously got Robert Elston on speed dial, haven't you? Best watch what I say I in future.
1: You're better, aren't you better, are yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't know what's happening with at the moment is this whole Toronto thing. They were meant to be presenting to the Super League, weren't they, on, uh, right, on Friday? Deadline. Yeah,
1: the, the clock's
0: ticking down. What happened? Well, the deadline's been and gone and nobody said right. anything.
1: Nobody
0: said anything. <laughs> so, okay. you know, I, I'm, I'm at a loss to, to sort of, like, Not fathom right. out what's going on. I don't know. Did, did they submit everything in time? Have they had that conversation? Will Robert Elston open his mouth and speak to the press about it? Who knows?
1: He might do. He might do. At some point. But I think they were more excited about the announcing the venue for the grand final <laughs> in, in November. <laughs> Every time Friday night we still bugger my Saturday night grand final hearing up.
0: Every time somebody mentions that I do I do sort of giggle, you know, like oh it's yeah. it's, it's Friday, it's, <laughs> we're, we're going to hull. And you know what? I'm gonna play this again. This is the road to Hull. It's my best bit of creativity for the season that Ed.
1: All roads lead to
0: Hull, like all roads. Nope lead to Hull
1: no, no sleep to a Hull
0: <laughs> tell you what it's been great having you on the other end of the line again mate
1: it is man yes like I said I'm not a fan of all the social distancing podcasting and social distancing rugby league but just going
0: to get on with that haven't we is there anything we've not mentioned
1: So, what we have been doing in the world of rugby league highlighting some of the great black players that play played rugby league
0: of course it's black history month isn't it
1: it is yeah, and I just, rugby league. Rugby league have some fantastic players over the years, and we don't make enough of it, to be honest.
0: I, I've loved the little montages that they've been showing during the Sky matches. You know, sort of people like uh, Clive Sullivan and of uh, you know Martin fire and Des Drummond.
1: Yeah, players like so uh, uh, Johnny Freeman as well, rapid winger for Halifax in the fifties. You uh, know, Colin Dixon. You know, these these guys were pioneering players and. In the past, would they have been guilty of not making more of it?
0: They have, they have, much like in, a lot of other sports, in fairness. And I think that it's great yeah. that we're finally paying the, the, the due recognition that is deserved. Um, you know, I mean, as a sport, we've actually been ahead of the curve, haven't we? Although there is always room to do more and to be better at things.
1: I've seen a story with Jason Robinson. He, he mentioned rugby league's always been a pioneer in sport, being ahead of the head of everything else, wanting to try new things and try be, try to be different. And he, he mentioned the fact that try scored by Clive, saw that famous try down the ring in the World Cup final in France, again, with no fans in the stadium, which is quite apt considering that's the situation we're in in 2020. And he said if it weren't for him watching that footage, he would never have thought about playing rugby league.
0: And I think that's the power that these these people and these players can have isn't it you know and it's great that Jason Robinson in particular was talking you know very greatly about that particular was, moment but,
1: but my point was that inspired him to play but what he was saying is rugby league could do more to be more inclusive
0: oh definitely definitely yeah I mean when when you look at sort of the, some of the communities around where rugby league is played uh, there is definitely more work to do and you know,
1: and you've, got to, you've got to mention just stepping away from the, the 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 what we're on about at the minute. I mean, one one, one of the communities that's largely being ignored by the world of rugby league, um, is the Asian community. You think Ikran Bought played for Featherstone nearly thirty years ago? There've not being many Asian players stepping through to want to the rugby league. Even though plenty of Asian guys live in the Featherstone, Batley, Bramley, and and then. Um, Uh,
0: Exactly, exactly. So this is where Rugby League really does need to to, to almost step out to those communities and and show it just what what it can do. Because, I mean, there's a lot of great traits, isn't there, that people get from being involved in Rugby League?
1: I know Butt is going to set up an Asian Great Britain rugby league team, but sadly, no, no, no one from the Asian community stepped up to one of stepped up into the professional game. I, I, say, but, I remember him running down the wing, playing eight times with Featherstone Rovers.
0: Definitely, definitely, and, and as you say, they're an underrepresented area in our game, and let, let's Absolutely. hope that there are there are plans afoot to be more inclusive. In like you say, with regards to that, um, I definitely think that it's a conversation that we we should be having, and may, maybe we even need to look at rugby league as a whole um, to see whether why we're not attracting people from those backgrounds to come and play.
1: Some great players uh, play the world of game rugby league, and from the ethnic minorities, as it is, um, Black Players Month history. Uh, Who's been your favorite? You know, top three,
0: top, top three. Well, top three, I've got to say, because I always like my grafters, so grafting forwards, there's none better than Roy Powell. What a super guy he was. Great you know, absolutely yeah. he fantastic. Himself. Really did work his whats its often in the every single he game. Yeah. Um, and sadly left us way, way too soon because I think he had a lot to give in the coaching fraternity as well. Um, he, did. he did. Other guys that I've really enjoyed watching, Sonny Nickel. He was always uh, explosive, wasn't he? You never knew what you was going to get with, with Sonny. And um, because I'm not old enough to have actually watched Clive Sullivan, I did like watching his lad, Anthony, play.
1: One Anthony, yes.
0: Great finisher.
1: Rapid player, rapid.
0: What about yourself?
1: Oh, well, my my top favourite, Hanley, he's definitely in there, Martin Fire. Green Vigo.
0: Green Vigo? Tell you what, I've not loved heard that name for watching, years.
1: Loved watching Green Vigo. I know Desi Jumman and Henderson Gill got more of the spotlight back in that era, but Green Vigo, what a man, what a player for Wigan and Swinton. <laughs>
0: I was just about to say, didn't he have a didn't he have a spot with Swinton as well at one point? Yeah, so
1: I, I mean, speaking thinking of uh, the Swinton, Swinton Ryan Giggs, his What a great player he was. Danny, Danny Wilson.
0: Wilson, Danny Wilson, yeah. yeah, he was a great player as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah,
1: go forward. I mean, the list is endless, isn't it?
0: Oh well, I think it can always be added to. To be honest, yeah, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's been some some fantastic players that have have graced the rugby league field.
1: So it's good that we're, we're, high, we're profiling all this and making, putting more in, in the spotlight. But yeah, I totally agree with Jason Robson. It's great that Rugby League does go kind of initiatives. It could do more to be more inclusive though. And we've mentioned it with, with the Asian community. But like I said, Ickram Butt flying down the wing for Featherston way back in the early 80s and been no one else since.
0: Well, there was Safra Patel at Lee as well for a few seasons and he oh, went right, to Swinton. Okay. So, you know, right, okay. he, was a, he was a decent player. I do apologise then. Eh? Uh, but I but I, as we've said before, I do take your points, and there's always more to do. um but but yeah, i'm I'm really pleased that we're highlighting this now, and we're looking at moving forward. and you know there's a, there's a whole um lot of work that the rugby league's bringing out regarding inclusion, isn't there?,
1: there is, and hopefully you can build on on the momentum of it and make more of it off the field, but on the field park, it's all about the road to hope.
0: Right, I think that's just us done and dusted for another episode of The Final Hooter. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back with another socially distanced podcast soon, unless we can both get out of tier three. The Final Hooter with Adrian Jackson and David Parkinson.